Welcome to Museums in Strange Places. I'm your host, Hannah Heffner, and this is a podcast for people who love museums, stories, culture, and exploring the world. They just think about the past, like this is past and this is now, Mm -hmm. but soon now will be the past. For this episode, I'm back in Akareri, a town of 18,000 known as the capital of North Iceland. It's a beautiful little community overlooking a wide fjord and mountains that were still covered in snow when I visited earlier this year. I was there to visit the Industry Museum, Icelandic, a small museum formed from the enormous personal collection of one couple. I spoke with the museum's deputy director, Jonas Sigurlaug Friðriksdóttir, about the history of industry in Iceland and some of their more interesting exhibits, like the intact workbench of the local coffin maker. Throughout the episode, you'll hear some clanking and hammering and whatnot in the background. That's the sound of museum staffers Jakob and Steini working on improvements to museum exhibits. About the middle of the 20th century, there was a blooming industry. We almost did everything. We were self-sufficient. Oh, wow. There was a man here uh, working at the factories at Clerol Eirar. He decided to start to collect things from the old factories. Uh, at first, it was just around these factories at Clerol Eirar. Mm-hmm which produced clothes, shoes, and working with uh, wool, making yarn. The man was Jón Arnþórsson. He and his wife, Gisela Rabe Stefan, began actively collecting in 1993. And by 1998, they had enough material to open the Iðnaðarsafn. They kept the collection open at its original location until 2004, when it was moved to its current building and became an independent museum. Jón passed away in 2011 at the age of 79, having entrusted his collection to the town. Today, the museum showcases every kind of industry in the area, covering a time period from the early 20th century onward with a focus on the 1960s and 70s, when Akereri's many industries made the town largely self-sufficient. The collection is still growing. The museum adds artifacts, new and old, almost every week. So, as you might imagine, they have a lot of stuff. And like many museums, they don't have quite enough room for everything. Of course, we don't have enough space here. It's much too small house, but we try our best. And we have Jakob here. He's very clever to put things in the right position <laughs> so it looks nice. Yeah. Do you know how many, how many things do you have here? Do you have a number? <laughs> it's a lot. I can it's tell. a lot, yeah. What are many people here? Many people 
3000. Over 3000. Over 3000. I would think it would be much more, but yeah, a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. Although you could describe the museum as the antithesis of Icelandic minimalist decor, staff have managed to keep everything organized and nicely displayed, even though almost every available nook and cranny is filled with everything from milk cartons and Harringtons to two enormous printing machines from the turn of the 19th century. Wandering through the old warehouse building that houses the collection, you'll find exhibits on all kinds of industry. Wool, fish, printing, shoemaking, dairy, shipping, toys, and more. Yeah, and it was all produced uh, in Akureyri. Wow. Uh, many people were working uh, in this industry and at the Verksmiðurnar on Klerorerar when... Yeah, like 1973, there were uh, 1,100 people working there. And that's pretty big in a town that even today is, what, 15,000, 20,000? Yeah. Yeah. It was back, uh, and it was uh, not so many people then, back then. I don't know, like maybe 12,000, I don't know. <laughs> Everyone could uh, have a job there or at the herring industry. Or, yeah, it was a lot, lot of work and... I was going to say, yeah, and a lot of women were working at the uh, factories. Okay. Um, in, in the middle of the 20th century? Yes. Uh, after 1960, at least, and before, when you hear something about the industry in Akureyri and Verksmiður, they usually talk about the men working on the machines. Mm-hmm. But a lot of women worked there, like, I think it was... 60% of the uh, stuff were women. Wow. And do you know why that was? Why were so many women in industry? Uh, because because of the salaries. They just went to work because of the salaries. Good money. Yeah. But they didn't have really position there. They just worked at the machines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, it, uh, yeah, I want to say that because... When you read about the industry museum or you see our museum, you can probably guess that there was mostly men working there, but mm. that wasn't it. It's was a lot of women going to work and then going home and doing all the stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. Making the, the milk cartons and then going home and feeding everyone. Yes. Yeah, both ends of the uh, production spectrum, mm. production yeah. and consumption. I, so I can must imagine there must have been a big demand for labor then if, yes. if they were hiring all the women as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so today in Akureyri, is there still a lot of industry or has it kind of been replaced by other, other economies? Yeah, it has been replaced. You have still industry in Akureyri, but not as much as before. And we, uh, like so many other towns here in Iceland Mm -hmm. and other countries, we have this uh, tourism industry, tourist industry. What do I say? Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess, yeah, tourism is the... Is the so you'll have to start collecting uh, artifacts from tourism soon. Uh, <laughs> some uh, brochures and, uh, I don't know, Northern Lights posters. Uh, no, some stuffed puffins. <laughs> <laughs> Represent that industry. Uh, I think it's all... Imported. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, we're not we're not going that way. Not at the <laughs> industry museum. 
Yona told me that although they do have a few tourists wandering into the museum when the weather is bad, they mostly serve Icelanders and people from the Akureyri region. Yeah, but it's still it's are mostly Icelandic people who yeah. visit us. I can imagine there'd be a lot of nostalgia and kind of connection. It's not such a it's not such a distant past that Icelanders would come in and 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 see things that were familiar. Yes, this is what my father did. This yeah, is what my exactly. mother did. Yeah. And still we have people coming here or calling us, uh, wanted to give us some things they find in their stores. Yeah. And I can say that every week we have something new in our collection. Wow. And if you can connect, connect that to the industry in some way, we take it in. The museum isn't just a place for locals to connect with the recent past. They also have an education program that brings in local students from kindergarten up to age 16. Usually me and Steiner, we split the uh, group. Because if we have fewer kids, you can connect to them more. Yeah. And it's very fun, very much fun, and they are usually very interested. Um, what do the kids like the best when they visit? What's, what's like the, the guaranteed uh, to get the re- best reactions from them? Uh, it depends on uh, which age they are on. Okay. Because the teenagers like the beer collection the <laughs> most. <laughs> Surprise. Uh, I would say the chocolate industry, maybe, yeah. upstairs. And the uh, milk and yogurt here. Really? Yeah. That's probably the most familiar to them. Yeah. I would think it would be kind of cool for the kids to, when you're mentioning the milk products, I noticed, you know, there's some very recent cartons that I recognize from the grocery store. And for them to come in and see something that's so ordinary. And and why is that a museum on on display in a museum would help them think more kind of critically about what's in their house. Why, where does this come from? You know, of course there's milk in the fridge. Of course we have our milk, but uh, <laughs> where is this coming from? And to learn that things were produced in Akareri. And of course there's still MS is still making milk products in, in the Akareri region. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's kind of, I like that kind of um, putting the ordinary on display to yeah. help the kids kind of, think a little differently yeah i think about they just think about the past like this is past and this is now Mm -hmm. but soon now will be the past so we have to go on like showing these uh, products uh, milk Uh, because after 10 years people come here say hey i remember this one yeah but isn't like so important today, but it will be. Yeah. And everyone, kids, grown-ups, everyone, if they see something they recognize, they're very happy and can connect to If they can connect to something here, it always makes them very happy. It's more fun to uh, see something you know than look at something you have no clue what it is, what is. This is interesting because, yeah, because in the very first episode of this podcast, when I was talking to Sig at the Alpa Open Air Museum in Reykjavik, as we're talking about another open air museum in Denmark that has a 
um, a whole street from the 1970s and they're building something also from 2012. And so the importance of it may not seem as important now to preserve 2012, mm -hmm. but if you can bring the kids in and they can see something that they know and, and have that excitement and that connection of, of like mm -hmm. you said, knowing something and recognizing something, perhaps then we can also ease them into learning about the house from the 1800s or the machine from the, the early 1900s mm -hmm. and they can slowly kind of uh, learn to get excited and find that recognition in in the past as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Hopefully. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <Yeah. laughs>
What a, what a beautiful story. When, how did you end up with the workbench and all the tools? Uh, his son. Var það sinir eða sonur sem komu með þetta? Já, við erum fengið þetta 2010 bara. Samar var hérna frá. Okay. En hann vann ekki alltaf við Ja. Okay, so he was born in 1925 and passed away in 2010. Yeah. Oh, so very, wow. He lived a long life. Yeah. And that same year, his wife and their children uh, gave the industry museum his, all his things. And Steiny and Cole, they went to get it. Wow. They went, yeah, and put it here. So we went straight from the workshop into, yeah. into here. Uh, take you upstairs. Okay. And this exhibit, I have to say, this opens on Saturday. So if you're taking pictures of this, you, and I cannot see it okay. until after 10th of February. Okay. But it's about uh, this woman who worked at the... Um, on the machines at the clearer okay. on the Vashmir and her life. Well, let me think. <laughs> uh, I usually I usually show this. Oh I saw those when I was walking around. I was I those are really cool. I'm excited to hear about these. Yeah. Um th these are shoes uh, to climb up uh, electricity telephone poles. Poles, yeah, yeah, probably telephone poles in the old days. And I remember putting this on, they, they put this around their waist and climbed up. And usually when the electric uh, went down, then it was very bad weather and they were working in very, with very bad situations. And but I always wanted to try. I so wanted to try to climb up in these shoes, but I think it was very dangerous. And they were very brave to do this, and it was so hard work. Like the printers, so many people doing so hard work in the last century and the centuries before. But then you obviously don't use this anymore. Uh, it's very heavy, mm -hmm. you can try. So, I love these shoes. These are my, these are my oh, favorite yeah. shoes. Those are really heavy, the yeah. favorite shoes. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> so many people doing such hard work. This could probably be a tagline for most of the history museums in Iceland. Though this little island country is known today for a high standard of living and regularly tops the global charts for happiness and quality of life, it wasn't always this way. From the end of the Commonwealth in the late 13th century until the middle of the 20th century, life in Iceland was often very hard. The weather was harsh, the land was rugged, and most people lived on isolated farms or in small towns and villages connected by horse paths and dirt roads. You had to rely on your own strength and develop tight-knit communities in order to survive. Besides just preserving the artifacts of the industrial boom in Akereri in the 1960s and 70s, the Industry Museum provides a place where older Icelanders can remember and reminisce about the hard work, 
and the ubiquitous figures like Gosi, the coffin maker, that brought the community together. Another museum director recently told me that Iceland has so many museums because Icelanders are so proud of their history, their culture, and what they've made. Looking at all the things in the industry museum, people from Akureyri can be proud of what they made. The museum also provides a visual setting to teach the younger generations how hard their parents and grandparents worked. Like Sigurdrosa said in the most recent episode of Museums in Strange Places, museums teach us empathy. My visit to the Industry Museum helped me make the connection between the milk cartons in my fridge and the hopes and dreams of those women in the factories at Glerauerer, working hard all day to bottle the milk, then coming home to feed it to their families. More than lists of dates and names, I think empathy and understanding are two of the most important history lessons we can teach kids, no matter where they live. Thanks for joining me on this adventure as I explore Iceland's many museums and get to know the fascinating people who run them. Music in this episode is by the KK Band. Fun fact, if you are a fan of the TV show Sense8, Riley's Icelandic father is played by Christian Christensen, the KK of KK's band. You can find more of KK's music and see photos of the Industry Museum on my website, hhethman.com. That's h-h-e-t-h-m-o-n.com. If you liked this episode, send it to a friend or let me know directly by sending me a tweet at hannah underscore r-f-h. Reviews and social media shares help people with great tastes like you discover the Museums and Strange Places podcast. Sestu mér hjá Segðu mér sögur Já, segðu mér frá Þú áttir von, nú er vonin Farin á brott Flóin í veg And they produced a lot of it, but then the uh, the market was like full. Yeah, Everyone saturated. Had it. Yeah. yeah, and can we ask the guys to stop uh, drilling until we're done? Yeah, yeah, Jakob. Get to the best now, Bora. I came as a mechanic up to Gunnar. Oh, he's done. <laughs>